Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, as we celebrate the ascension of our Lord, we once again marvel at the fact that Jesus completed his saving work and that God took him to heaven where he sits at the right hand of God and rules all things. But we want to take it one step further. We want to strive to live with an ascension attitude and the joy of that victory of Jesus. It's not always that easy, is it? Maybe as we've now surpassed two months of the pandemic restrictions that we've all been facing, maybe there's some frustration that's settling in. I know I've experienced that frustration. And then maybe you've had this frustration as well. As you try to, to figure out all the different things that are going on, you can get COVID-19 information overload, can't you? We have doctors and health officials and scientists on both sides of the equation. Some saying that there's going to be a second, third, fourth wave of the pandemic. Others saying probably not. There are doctors who disagree about the effectiveness of wearing a mask. And then we have another frustration of where does my personal freedom fall in line with what the government is able to say? Opening, reopening cities and states has become a difficulty as well as, as government officials disagree at exactly how easy, easily that can be done and what restrictions need to be placed upon it. If you're like me, you probably have to admit that your attitude toward all of these things has been less than stellar at times. Wondering what it is that God is trying to accomplish, forgetting sometimes the victory that Jesus has won for me. And so today, I'd like to talk to you about something that I use this week to try and encourage myself to find an ascension attitude, to find joy even in the difficult times. We're going to look at Psalm 47 today and focus on counting our blessings. Yes, counting our blessings even when not everything in our lives is going exactly how we would like to, like it to. And as we think about counting our blessings, let's do so based on these two thoughts. First of all, celebrating Christ's work. And then secondly, living confidently in him. We're going to look at Psalm 47 today. And Psalm 47 is one of those psalms written by the sons of Korah. Those were Levites who were appointed by David for the music ministry in and around the area of the tabernacle during David's day. They really, in effect, were responsible for all of the songs that were sung by the worshipers. And so Psalm 46 is actually part three of a four-part block of psalms that are all about the Messiah. Starting in Psalm 45, where we talk about the Messiah's wedding and the victorious Messiah getting married. Psalm 46 is all about the Messiah's reign. The psalm we'll look at today, Psalm 47, is about really his empire. And then Psalm 48 narrows it down to his royal city, a holy city. As we look at this psalm, recognize that this is a part, I suppose we could say, of the hymnal of the people of Israel, the way they worshipped God as they went to the area of the tabernacle and then later the temple. Many have said Psalm 47 may have been sung when the Ark of the Covenant was brought to Jerusalem for the first time as they ascended to where the city was sitting on top of a hill. They sang some of these psalms. 
Let's take a look today at Psalm 47 and marvel once again at Christ's work on our behalf. Here's what the psalmist writes in verses 1 through 4. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. For the Lord Most High is awesome, the great King over all the earth. He subdued nations under us, peoples under our feet. He chose our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loved. It really isn't too difficult to understand the picture, is it? Clapping, cheering, shouting for the victorious king, the great king. Cheers came shouts of joy from all nations to the one who defeated all of the enemies. Yes, this is a cheering section, I suppose we could say, for the great king, Jesus himself. And the psalmist tells us exactly why God is so awesome, why there is this cheering for our great king. He gives two reasons. First of all, he subdued all of the enemies. And then secondly, he chose those people as an inheritance, his own inheritance, a people that he loved. You might be aware of the fact that there's often in the prophetic language of the Old Testament a double fulfillment, an immediate fulfillment that happens for the people of Israel, and then a later fulfillment that includes you and me. The immediate fulfillment of subduing of the nations was the fact that God had truly chosen those people, the people of Israel, as the nation through whom he was going to bring the promised Messiah. He had cleared paths for them by defeating all of their enemies, and at the time of King David, they were living in a period of peace. Enemies had been defeated. But the double fulfillment is this. The New Testament makes, makes very clear who the children of Abraham are, the descendants of Jacob. It's all believers, and that's you, and that's me. And yes, we have been chosen as an inheritance too. God has called us his very own. Through the saving work of Jesus, we are heirs, heirs of a life with him forever in heaven. Maybe you've had a chance to attend a performance at the Overture Center or another venue that is similar. And at the end of the performance, it was so great, the audience stood on their feet and gave a standing ovation to the performers. It's kind of a neat thing to be a part of, isn't it? That standing ovation that shows appreciation for all that was accomplished on the stage. If there was ever anyone who deserved an ovation, a standing ovation, it's our Savior, Jesus. And isn't that what Psalm 47 seems to be describing? Clap your hands, shout for joy. It's Jesus who subdued all of our enemies. His victory over sin, over death, over the power of the devil is ours. And yes, an inheritance has been claimed for you and me, our joy of an eternity with him. We celebrate Christ's saving work and let that saving work change our thoughts the way our attitudes are, we had developed that ascension attitude. Let's take a look at the next few verses of Psalm 47, verses 5 to 7. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord amid the sounding of trumpets. Sing praise to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. 
We can see in the context that certainly this could be referring to the bringing of the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem and ascending the hill. If you want to read a little bit about that, you can find it in 2 Samuel chapter 6. But knowing what we know today, we can also see this in terms of Jesus' ascension into heaven, can't we? If there is anything that gives us reason for praise, it's the fact that Jesus left this world, having accomplished everything that he came here to do. The saving work, the plan of salvation that God brought Jesus into this life to carry out was finished. Jesus had completed his saving work. But let's not misunderstand. Jesus' ascension into heaven wasn't some sort of retirement party. No, there was no retirement for Jesus. He continues to work still today. In Romans chapter 8, we read that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us, to speak to the Father on our behalf. And Acts chapter 1 tells us that Jesus is coming back. In the same way that the disciples saw him go into heaven, Jesus is returning once again. What else does our ascended Lord do? Take a look at what the psalmist writes in the last two verses of the psalm. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on his holy throne. The nobles of the nations assemble as the people of the God of Abraham. For the kings of the earth belong to God. He is greatly exalted. Jesus reigns. Our God is in control. Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that God has placed everything under the feet of Jesus, that he rules all things for our good. That's what Jesus is doing as he is seated on the right hand of God. What confidence that brings us. Nothing can stand in God's way. No human power can thwart what God has already won for us. God, his son Jesus, are greater than all of them. Isn't that an amazing description? Not only is Jesus the greatest king, but, but all nations belong to God. Our God rules everything in this life. Well, I know it's hard to see from time to time, isn't it? When it seems like there's trouble all over the world, when a pandemic hits, when we're struggling to deal with all of the after effects of COVID-19. Maybe we worry about superpowers in this world and, and, and what nation is going to be the next one that will be a threat to our own country or will our own country be a threat to itself from inside? For us, as God's people, it doesn't matter because God knows. God is in control. He knows exactly what's best for us. He knows how to guide and guard us and lead us through the difficulties that we face in this life. That's reason to exalt him. That's reason to lift God up and say, what an awesome God we have that does all of these things for us. Yes, we celebrate Christ and all of his work, his work to bring us at peace with God, his work to bring us home to him, to the eternity of heaven. And we reflect that in our ascension attitude. You see, it's great to celebrate the saving work of Jesus, and it's something that we want to think about every single day. Because there's one more step. We have to take this one step further. That another step is really living it. Living the confidence that we have in Jesus himself. We know how difficult this is. Again, some of the frustrations that we feel, some of the attitudes that sometimes reflect, we're reflected in our words and our actions, betray what we actually know and believe. 
Is it possible? Is it possible that we've heard about this victory of Jesus so often that our attitudes have become sort of mundane, ho-hum? That maybe like the Laodiceans in Revelation chapter 3, we've become lukewarm in our faith from time to time? Have you been around a new Christian re recently? Someone who has recently come to the faith, it, it's a pretty awesome thing, isn't it? Excitement and joy is something that just exudes from them. And I wonder to myself, how, how do I get that back? How, how do I keep that and hold on to that always? God really doesn't make it a secret, does he? It starts with Jesus. It starts with the one who conquered our enemies in our place. It starts with the one who gives us victory over sin, death, and the devil. It's centered in the one who accepted us, not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done in our place. Yes, Jesus lived for us. He died to take away our sins, and his resurrection guarantees that we are forgiven. That's the confidence that Jesus wants us to live with. Yes, when those fears come from time to time, when we wonder what's going to happen if there's a second wave or a third wave, we struggle with the idea that maybe life will never get back to the way it once was. Let's put that all in God's hands. Let's put it in the hands of the one who runs this world and rules all things with complete confidence in him. That's living with an ascension attitude, recognizing and celebrating Christ's victory, and then living with confidence. The writer to the Hebrews describes this so well in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Our attitude, because of the victory of Jesus, listen to these words. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? We have no reason for fear because the Lord is with us. Here's some takeaways from our sermon for today. Number one, every day is a day to clap, sing, shout, and rejoice. We are redeemed by Jesus. It's so awesome, isn't it? To have reason to be excited every single day, to, to go back to what God promises in his word and see the great blessings that we have in Jesus and celebrate those blessings. Number two, we live with confidence, knowing the ascended Lord rules all things. That's right. Everything in your life, everything in my life is in his hands. And that includes all of the COVID-19 pandemic problems, all the things that we're struggling with. They're here. And Jesus is not leaving us or forsaking us. Finally, number three, we count our blessings because we have the greatest blessing waiting for us, eternity. Can I challenge you today? Can I challenge you to find some of those blessings even in the midst of the last couple of months and the things that have happened? It's so easy, isn't it, to focus on the things that, that we've missed out on, all of the things that we've lost because life has changed over the last couple of months. But maybe sit down with some people this week and figure out, I'm, I'll give you a number. Write down five. Five things that you see as blessings that have come out of the last couple of months of your life. It can be something simple, like the gas money that you've saved by not driving around or spending family time or whatever it is that you feel. 
and here, if you're willing, would you share some of those with me? Send them to me at pb at wlchapel.org or put them in your comments section as you fill out the friendship register. I'd love to hear how God has brought blessings into your life through something that we would consider less than ideal. Can I talk to you about one last blessing of the ascension? Maybe you've gone to a busy city at a time when many people were there visiting and realized how important it is to have a reservation, right? If there are no vacancies, no rooms available in a city, it can be a panicking, uh, a panic time. And yet, if weeks before you've made that reservation, you know there's a room waiting for you, what a comfort. No worries. You'll walk right into that hotel and give them your confirmation number, and they have a room waiting in your name. That's a beautiful picture of what Jesus has waiting for you and me in heaven. A room in our name. A room with each one of our names on it. Can you, can you picture it? Room reserved for John Billets. You can put your own name in that blank. And how do we know? Jesus' own words. We read them earlier in John chapter 14. In my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'll come back to take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. That beautiful promise is one of the many blessings that we can count as we count our blessings. And because it comes from our Lord Jesus himself, it's a promise we can count on. Amen. The peace that passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.